Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and uh, welcome to the Mallover podcast, the only podcast that gives you all the rugby news, views and opinions with a West Country accent. Uh, as the astute view will notice, I am not Russell Milson. The fat ginger baldy is playing crickets for somebody or other, um, ever the, the popular sportsman, um, has his name on about 35 lists for teams where if they're short of a player, they'll give him a bell and he'll come along and play for him. So uh, I'm left hosting this uh, this rabble and I'm joined tonight by the lensman. Douglas, how are you? Now then, I'm doing well. Good, good. And uh, the nicest man in Cornish rugby podcasting, Mr Eustace, how are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. Is this like the time Russ tried to talk his way onto one of the Exeter players' testimonial? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Although mm-hmm. I think this time it might be Perrinpool's fourth, fourth he got, cricket. He got told if he could edge out Mike Tyndall or Charlie Hodgson, he was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that probably shot his hopes down in flames quite quickly, which was lovely to see. But I think Russ still has delusions of grandeur and thinks that uh, that he's still got it to make it as a top class 10 but uh, yeah we all marshmallow, Ed. <laughs> yeah exactly um, so we're going to do something uh, obviously European rugby this week and no, no, none of us really care or have much of an interest in it um, and all English interest is now finished anyway so we're going to go back to something we've done before um, and we're going to we're going to play the little Umanga line and uh, go through a position and work out our top 12 in the Premiership. And this week is the week of, I'd say, probably one of the most important positions on the pitch. One of the top 15 most important positions. Um, the only one that is known purely by a number. And that's number eight. Uh, so Ben has done some good research and legwork, which is uh, fantastic because none of the rest of us were going to do it. And come up with his top 12, um, which we'll go through in order and see uh, whether we agree or disagree with them, Doug. And I'm guessing there's, there'll be a bit of uh, disagreement. So, Ben, do you want to start us off with your... Well, let's go from, let's go from 12 up. Let's uh, go from 12 to 1 in a, in a slightly novel top 40s, 90s style Radio 1 type quality, but without any kind of sound bites going on. So, Ben, give us a start with your number 12. Okay, so um, with a late addition that I've just been informed counts as a number eight. Um, so number 11, I've got two Asui. So your new number 12? The new number 12, yeah. Okay, so yeah, obviously big bulky ball carrier. Um, plays literally every game for London Irish, including the, uh, the Mickey Mouse Cup. Um, I believe he's playing at the moment. As he well. is playing his half time at the moment. Well, yeah, a pie. I suspect he's probably more of a fan of the uh, forty wings bucket, um, <laughs> looking at the size of him than a pie. But uh, yeah, big solid ball carrier. 
I'm a big fan of Tulisiri. I, I think you're potentially uh, underrating him there, sticking him down at 12. I think he just, he makes too many mistakes for me. He's, um, yeah. He, he seems to, for every one good thing he does, he knocks the ball on or he, he, um, <clears throat> you know, runs up a blind alley. He He's a great, like when he's on, he's unplayable, but I don't think he's on quite enough. He's like a budget 2016 Billy Vanapola. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's off to Gloucester. Yeah, I'm not sure Gloucester. I'm not sure how much game time he's gonna get at Gloucester, to be honest. Well, I, I is, suppose is, is Ackerman staying there? Because I wouldn't be surprised if he disappears at some point and joins his dad wherever his dad is at the moment. Uh as far as I'm aware, he's staying there at the moment. Um obviously there are other options at eight are uh, aging quite a lot, but then um I'm guessing Jake Pledry could fill in there as well if needs be. So equally I don't I don't know how old Tuasu he is, but I'm not um I don't know whether he's uh, he'd be happy. Obviously, I'm guessing he would be happy with a, a squad role as opposed to a a leading man. Born uh, in '93, he's 28, so he's not. He'd be he'd be tw- yeah, he'd be 29. So at the start of the season, so he's not ancient. Um, solid Premiership performer, and not much more. I think it's fair to say, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah I think that's really fair. But he, he sort of he very much has his moments, as Doug said, and also. Um, as Doug said before we came on availability gives you extra points in this game And no 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 that wasn't what Doug said Doug what did you say I, I want Doug to say it well the best ability is availability <laughs> uh, that, that that is pure gold um, yeah and he will be available plenty but then equally so are Gloucester's current options they're, they're not losing um Eight's a huge amount, but uh, so moving up up the scale, who's uh, who's next for you, Ben? Number eleven. Well, we could probably talk about the next three altogether. Go for um, it. So we've got uh, eleven, Ben Earl, ten, Tom Curry, and uh, nine, Ruin Ackerman. So sort of group. You haven't together. picked the number eight between them. Yes, basically. I mean, that would be a belting back row altogether. Um, but, you know, we, we I keep saying, you know, in these podcasts, we, <laughs> we talked about it in the fullback podcast, didn't we? That teams will, you know, for salary reasons or for um, reasons of uh, style of play, they'll sometimes make do with us with a makeshift. And even though they're very high quality stand-ins, they're, all probably better at a different position in the back row, but they all fill in and do a very decent job at eight when they do. And two of them have at least done it at international level. But I think very similar to fullback, it's a position where you're usually better off with a um, specialist. Would you not say, I mean, while, while we're talking about number eights, would you not say that that individual skill set is slightly diminished now because not all forwards have dick fingers anymore like they used to have back when number eight was a thing. Um, it, it's not necessarily, you're not unique in a, in a forward pack to have the ability to pick and run anymore. It seems like the whole back row can do it. Most of the second rows can do it as well. Um, so the actual reason you're seeing more, more of these players, hybrids of three positions is because the skill set the gap in the skill sets narrowed I, I think you could even expand on that more because you're now seeing more almost specialist sevens filling in at eight and I think that's probably because that like you say the physicality of ball carrying at eight isn't quite so important anymore but the the reading of the game is just as important and and you would say Back in the old days, it would usually be a six that would fill in an eight, but now it's more often than not a, a seven, perhaps because they do read the ball better, um, uh, read yeah, read the game and, and get around a bit quicker. Uh, Phil's probably the expert, so well, yeah, I think I think part of it very much depends on what your game plan is. Um, you can play that kind of hybrid seven as an eight really quite successfully at 
lower levels, but it's always been a bit of a challenge at, at top level because you need to have go forward ball. Now, if you if you have a game plan that's that's based around um, shifting people around, being quite mobile, the the kind of Bristol approach, Ben Earl fit in fantastically at Bristol. Um, and could have covered that eight role quite happily at Bristol because it wasn't necessarily about having somebody to to break the line and carry the ball forwards hard. Um, equally, as as Doug said, because forwards don't all have dick fingers anymore, you can use your second rows for some of that. And, and some of the teams in the Premiership are using some of the, their second rows and their and their front rows to get them go forwards ball, which was traditionally your, your kind of your number eight's role as much as anything else. But I mean. I against a really top club side, I think um I think there's a big difference between Ackerman playing at eight, who is a really strong, solid ball carrier, and either of the other two. And for me, I, I wouldn't put either of the other two on a number eight's list because they they're they're fill-ins. They are very much natural flankers, whereas I think Ackerman kind of scrapes in that hybrid role. Yeah. I mean, I think you've got to put Curry in there because he's started a good proportion of England's last few games at eight, haven't you? He's got to be in the in, counted as an eight. Um, is it, I think it's a bit like I think it was the conclusion we came to with the fullbacks in that the the the, the very best fullbacks at international level still have the qualities that fullbacks have always had and I think that's the same with the number eight the the best ones we've got on certainly on my list are all extremely good ball carriers but but the top ones perhaps what sets them apart is that they've they've got a the, the reading of the game and b the, the hands you know if you if you think about Kieran Reed, he was a he was a good ball carrier but he also read the game brilliantly and his, his hands were fantastic so it's it's almost a there's a little bit more distribution to the role than anywhere else in the pack. And and if you're going to get an offload from a forward, it's quite likely to be from the number eight consistently. So I think there is still a, an argument for specialisation in the, in the position for sure. Well, and I suppose that's going back to two or two. That's the thing that holds him back is he's a battering ram and that's about it. Yeah. He's from the sort of bag of spanners school of number eights, isn't he? You know, yeah. um, someone like, at club at club level, you'd say Tamana Harrison. You know, it, it was just straight ahead running, but there wasn't a lot else there. I think yeah. Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's not talk about Harrison. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, that so that was nine, ten, and eleven. Um, I'm going to push you, Ben, to put them in an order. Well, I had um, Ackerman, Curry, and Earl. Okay. So moving on to number eight. Number eight in the number eight list. We are just, this is the opinion of, of Ben, because my list yeah. so far hasn't had a single player mentioned. <laughs> well, we'll come to yours after we've gone through Ben's list. Yeah. So number eight on your number eight list, Ben. It, it's someone who would have been higher up a few years ago. He's already been alluded to. I think he's... Um, always been a little bit underrated because he... He look, doesn't quite look the part, um, but always did a great job for England, which is, is Ben Morgan. He, he's deceptively quick and a, a very good ball handler. Uh, and I think he did read the game very well. Um, but he was kind of in and out of the England side. And, you know, I think he's been at Gloucester a long time and, and, and sort of done them proud, really. Well, uh, where, but... where Ben Morgan's really come into his own is, is his availability. Since he stopped being in that England setup, I think he's probably ended up getting a bit fitter because he plays more rugby. It's one of these guys who, who, a bit like Billy, has to keep playing to to get himself match fit. Um, plays more rugby, and and also I think you're right. His reading of the game, if anything, has got better over the last few years. But he's no spring chicken. Yeah, I think the try he scored against, I think France. Where uh, did he score it or make it? Where he fielded a kick at halfway and then just broke three or four tackles. And I think he might have put someone like Danny Kerr under the post or something like that. But you yeah, know, it really showed what he could do. Um, and I think he's, like I say, has always been a bit underrated. Thirty-three now. 
loyal to Gloucester, which is unusual in today's today's times. Um, yeah, scored his first try for Gloucester eleven years ago, which is quite impressive. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Ben Morgan. Um, I think he probably what probably held him back was he wasn't as good as <laughs> at the battering ram stuff as some of the other players, or as he looks like he should be. Yes. Um, he looks like he should be solid and and he's just solidish. But uh yeah, what are your thoughts on Ben Morgan Douglas? Uh well he flattered to deceive a lot. I think yeah, he's a serviceable premiership player, but um maybe didn't pass the optic test for successive England coaches. Um Maybe should have had a few more caps, but you know, just ultimately, he's a job in Premiership number eight, isn't he? Well, I think if we'd have done this two years ago, I'd have Ben Morgan a lot higher than I've got him now. Um, I, I think he's not necessarily well. He's obviously not going to progress a huge amount at this stage of his career, and I think other people have. And uh, yeah, yeah, well, I think he's he's, he, he's pretty he, much he's on my list, the, but he's not twilight, number he? eight. Oh, wait, yeah, exactly. Uh, number seven, then, Ben. Right, so... Hopefully a player that Doug's got. Yeah. But, well, my number seven is purely here on availability because he's he's the best player on this list. And okay. I, I don't think he's even that close. But uh, he's he's probably played about eight games in the last three seasons, which is Talupe Falatau. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, is he the best player on the list? Almost certainly. Um, but uh, yeah, those eight games though, he changed He changed every single one of those eight games that he played for Bath. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy's an unbelievable rugby player and I don't think he had very bad injury problems till shortly before he came to Bath. Um, you know, you see him play for Wales in the Six Nations and Against England, he was incredible. He's he's a he's a harder ball carrier than he looks. He's got fantastic hands and he's quick. Uh, brilliant defender and and just does the basics well. You know, I've, I've sort of waxed lyrical about him before. As you say, every now and again he'll play in a game for Bath and appear on the wing and got the ball in one hand and make something happen. But it's just not happened enough. And you know, uh, there's a player that won't be on this list he's not in the premiership but if he was in the premiership he would definitely be on the list who's he, probably left Bath because Valatel was there so whether it's done the club a huge amount of good is is very much open to debate to, to debate and that's you know Zach Mercer well um I suppose yeah Valatel has his injuries problems happened because of what's happened to Bath or because he went to Bath or, or were they there beforehand and and actually his body is now half broken and is never going to be the same again. He's had a lot of long-term injuries, but then that's not uncommon at Bath. You look at yes. Watson, Jonathan Joseph. I mean, there's probably players who haven't played for three or four seasons still there. Ignore the dog barking. Um, <laughs> well, if he goes but, back to Cardiff and plays two full seasons, we'll know. Exactly. But I, just, I, I, think, I the, think it's... Um, I don't think enough has been made of how much he has taken the piss out of Bath. In terms of the money he's creamed out. The money is the, like the, the, I'd love to know what is um, the cost per, uh, per minute of Talupe Falatau is because I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think he's the worst signing ever in the premiership. I think, I think return on investment, you might not be wrong, but only because he's played such little rugby. Um, the the thing that I think it's quite easy to underestimate about Falato is how just how good his feet are. He has so much balance there. It doesn't really matter how good his feet are if they're on the sofa at home. You're right. You're 100% right. Um, he could have Michael Flatley's feet. You got Michael Phelps's feet. <laughs> um, anyway, let's let's move off Falato. Uh number six, Ben. Okay, I I've got a weird one here. We don't really know what he is yet. Um 
but he stands out like a sore thumb where whenever he's on the pitch. So I've gone with Barbary. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the bloke's class. I he's really playing. Do. He's playing more and more at eight. Initially, yeah. I thought I thought he could be a really powerful, destructive hooker, but he's. I just think he, you'd end up wasting a lot of that ball carrying ability. And say he's playing more, playing more and more at eight, and and delivering every time. And some of the tries he scored this season, he's like going through four or five sets of of lower bodies to score a try. Um, and just the the power that he's got is unbelievable. So I'd be inclined to agree with you, Phil, if Wasps didn't have Tom Willis, who I think is the best number eight. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really interesting one, and if you if you have to put both of those on the same pitch at the same time, who do you play where? Because um, yeah. I think Ogre's playing pretty well as a hooker, so I'm not sure I'd want to drop him to put put Barbary in. I mean, if you've got to play a back row of Willis, Willis and Barbary, who goes at eight? Does it really matter? Yeah, is, is Barbary? I mean, Barbary seems to have the skill set of, a, of an eight for sure, but he does have the heavy carrying that he could play at six. Yeah, but, he could without a shadow of a doubt. But would that be a waste, do you think, Phil? Or um, ultimately, ultimately, it only really makes a difference off the back of a scrum. Yeah, like they could, they can have, they can run systems where you have somebody wearing an eight on their shirt who plays like a six, and somebody wearing a six on their shirt who plays like an eight. It only <laughs> makes a difference off the back of a scrum, as long as there's enough balance between the three players in terms of the at- attributes they bring. But I mean, those three as a back row, just be, if they could get that consistently, they would ruin teams regularly could you um could you see a situation where wasps for example interchanged barbary and ogre at hooker to keep keep them fresh for scrum so you had a um a fresh set of legs coming in every other scrum to play hooker to unset, it'll unsettle the rhythm of the opposition hooker, right, and the tight head. Yeah, I think it'll upset your rhythm more than it'll upset theirs. But if you're if you're practicing it day in as day a out, part of your game, would it would it upset you as much as it would upset an opposition team who don't practice against having different hookers? If if Barbary is as good as people think he's going to be. I think that would be a waste to use him as a sort of gimmick like that. I think you just use him. But then, what, you're sitting, you're sitting, you're sitting Jack Willis on the bench? Well, and that's that's the challenge, isn't it? How do you get how do you get all these good players into a team? Um, yeah. And to me, I don't know. I... As I say, Willis, Willis, Barbary looks like a pretty decent back row to me. And so you you leave an Ogre out then? No, I play my hooker. Right. Okay. And actually, when you when you look at the the strength and depth that that Wasps have got in some positions, they've done a pretty shit job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I I don't I, I just genuinely think that Tom Willis is a better player at number eight than Barbary. And may, maybe yeah. Barbary fits in. So Tom Willis is an out and out eight, and that's what we're assessing here, right? Yeah. Barbary is a hooker slash back row. He's not an I out, think, out eight. I think Barbary is now um I think Barbary is now a back row stroke eight. I don't know when the last time he played Hooker was. I think I think that part of his game is going. Um, I I don't know. Um, it would be really interesting to have a look at some stats about where Barbary's played this season. But I think he is heading towards an eight and out eight, and I certainly think that's where England are looking at him. But uh, 
who's the better out and out eight, Willis or Barbary? I've got Willis above Barbary in my list, but I wouldn't mind either of them. Quite happily have either of them. Yeah. Um, I uh, I'm not sure what number we're up to on your list, Ben. Seven, five, is it? Five, five or six? Five. Yeah. Is, and who's your number five? So, uh, friend of the pod. Uh, uh, Tim Eustace. Yeah, yeah, Tim's made a late entry. No, um, South African uh, Dan Dupree. See, I love this guy. I know you do. <laughs> um, if, you've got, if, a, you've if, got a tattoo of him on your stomach, haven't you? <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> more than one. Um, I just, I just don't think there's any part of a number eight game that he can't do. Um, I think anybody Hold the who, ball. Ah, uh, he his he's got hands like shovels. Um, yeah, if he's got hands like shovels, but he can't actually handle a ball. He, yeah, I'm, I'm not too he does knock, that. knocks the ball on. I think uh, if you if you look at yards after contact, I don't think anybody in the Premiership beats Dan Dupree. Um He gets a ball and he makes twice as much distance as he as he should be entitled to do, um, and he's quicker than he looks, and he's got much better passing ability than it looks like he should have for me he's the perfect all-round number eight other than he's South African and he plays for sale to, to me Phil I think he's a, a, he's a kind of I don't want to I don't want to sound too harsh with this but he's a kind of basic number eight he's like the top end of the, of Dan the Dupree best. is a basic bitch like, what, what you say that to his face yeah, with his I'll brother stood behind, behind him. He carries I say it to Rob Dupree's face. He's probably got <laughs> quite a lot of confidence from his ball carrying, from running into his brother in the backyard quite a lot. Um, but, but like, he carries very hard. He works really hard. He's an excellent club player, but I, I, I'm not sure he's got the kind of extra level to be a like a full international number eight, if, if, if you see what I mean. He's Which like, means he's always available. Yeah, he's the sort of top, the top level of club number eight. And he, he is, and, and if you had a number eight like him, two or three leagues down that carried like that, that's all you would need. But hasn't, but think, hasn't he gone with South Africa in their last two, like the, the rugby championship and the Lions? Uh... There's an interesting question. Now you've thrown us. He did. He went on. He he was with the Lions. He with in the Lions squad. He got sent home, and then he came back. He, then he went back, and I think he was picked for the rugby he's championship got, as well. He's got six six caps six, for South Africa. Six caps in five years. Yeah, but he goes with the squad. Yeah. Yeah, but but he but but if they've got Visa or Vermeulen available, then. They play. Um, I have a guess what position his dad played. Uh, scrum half. Indeed. Well, they obviously get their size and shape from their mum. Yeah, their mum's six foot nine. And Rob got the dad <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, yeah, just... Uh, Flipping back a little bit to, to Barbary, just as a point of interest, on the Wasps webpage, he's listed as a hooker. On Wikipedia, he's listed as a number eight. Um, but in November last year, he said that he's going to focus on back row with Wasps blessing. So he's a back row somewhere. Um, just, just just with what I with Dupree, Dupree like none yeah. of that was intended as a criticism. I think I think he's a fantastic player. It's just, uh, you know, he doesn't quite have all the as- aspects to his game that maybe some of the others do. Yeah, and that's that's an opinion you're welcome to, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, as I say, for for me, the the important thing that he adds that nobody else adds is is his ability to just to give you go forward ball, but without taking a forty yard run up for it, he'll give you go forward ball from a standing start every time. Yeah, uh, he's not in the most recent South Africa squad. But I do, I do think he'll knock on every third carry. Yeah, 
So, top four then, Ben. Okay, well, you're not going to like this then. <laughs> I've got uh, Visa at four. Um, I, who's not going to like it? I I like it. I don't uh, mind it. I like Visa. Visa's my well, I've actually got him at four as well, Ben, so... Well, there you go. We all agree on it. Visa's <laughs> number four. All the places around it, we've got no idea. No, um, I suppose the the only question mark about Visa is he he plays on that borderline, which means that he's he's likely to get a ban at some point yeah. of six to eight weeks. Um, there's been enough. Did he elbow somebody in the face there? Did did he uh, clear somebody out in a fairly dangerous manner? And in the current climate, somebody's going to pick up on that and he's going to end up missing a chunk of the season through through a ban but he's a he, he's a tough ball carrier he's a real um trying to think of a word that isn't cunt but <laughs> that's the best that i can come up with Shit house. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah i either of those <laughs> um but yeah again he's the kind of person that you'd want on your team not against you um, I think that's most number eights, though, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, but I would rather have him on my team than I don't know. Uh, if I was given the choice between him on my team and Ben Cur- uh, Tom Curry playing at eight, or the other way round, I'd rather have him playing at eight on my side because you know he's just gonna do some hard fucking work for you. Um, He would run run for you all day, wouldn't he? Yeah. With the ball. Um, He is is far more likely to be away on South Africa duty than Dan Dupre. Yeah. I mean, when they fought him last year, that that was a great bit of, uh, great bit of recruitment, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because you've got a class eight and and a decent standing. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's probably Lindenberg often plays seven, doesn't he? When um, yeah. Beast is there, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, what would you? What were you concerned that we might not like then? I thought because you liked the other South African, I thought you might be a little bit down on him. I can only like one South African. Yeah, I think so that's is, the accepted. Really. That, that's the accepted standard, Phil. Is there some kind of quota with South Africans? <laughs> I mean, South African back rows do basically grow on trees, don't they? I mean, it, it is just as you know, they seem to just build them from some kind of template, you know, and and they always have. Um, just just big yeah do you know what that template is men yeah regular steroids from the age of 12 (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's not a difficult model to copy it's really not is it give them as many growth growth enhancing drugs as you can as soon as possible (laughs) um cool so we all agree on that let's go to number three and i think there might be some disagreement here yeah so I've gone for someone who two years ago would have been overrated. And I think he's a little bit underrated now because everyone's forgotten about him. I've got Billy Vanapola. Yeah, he's shit. <laughs> so I just, I just think the geezer's had his day. To me, when you see a number eight taking a mark and then trying to, to do a spiral kick and nobbing it 30 yards down the, down the uh, floor... Um, and pissing about trying trying to do various different things. They've they've checked out a little bit. I I think I don't think he's half the player that he used to be. And the player that he used to be was just a big heavy ball carrier. Um, he's never had the best hands. He's never had the best feet. He he's he's the equivalent of a Toyota Hilux that's now done two hundred thousand miles. <laughs> uh, and no one wants one of them. That's an incredible comparison. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, I, I think you've. I, I don't think any more needs to be said for me. I, I don't think I even had him. In, I don't think I had him in my top twelve. Uh, okay, I did. Be, uh, do you know why I had him in my top twelve? Because he's available. Because he's not going to play for England anymore. So you've gone down purely down the availability route when picking your. Uh, well, I, as I say, I, I think with when you're picking these players, the natural ability is negated by the fact that the best players are often never there. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how good they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's I, he's in my list. I'm willing to concede hard. that I might be influenced by the Billy of three or four years ago. Um, what I would say is when he was younger and... And I've, I, I do agree. I think he's past his best, but he's, he is only 30. Um, but, but when he was younger, uh, he was a very heavy ball carrier, very hard to stop. And, and, and launched him through the sort of 12, 10, 12 channel was, was a really good tactic. And it, it, it did make England tick. Um, the, they tried to kind of turn him into a distributor, almost standing in the fly half channel and then, distributing from there and a lot from the base as well and I, I don't know if that was maybe because there was so, so many miles in the legs but the last couple of times I've seen him play there's just been the odd bit of play where either he's, he's made a carry when it needed to be made or a tackle when it's needed to be made and he's still phenom- phenomenally strong and sometimes you see him just stood up in a, in, a, in, a, in a ruck somewhere and turning the ball over so I do think there is still um, a little bit of the old Billy in there somewhere I may have him too high what you guys are saying, but um, well, you're entitled to your opinion, there. even if it is wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why do you no, hate I... all the other number eight so much, Ben? I don't hate <laughs> any of them if they're listening. Why do, why do you want these big ball carriers who run the ball hard? Well, they're going to be out running, soon, they're running deliberately not... at people to try and injure them. Yeah, they, they're going to be um, anyway. They're going to be. To be honest, I want them thing. on my side, not the other side. Yeah. Just that. Let's yeah. let's not go down that rabbit hole too far. <laughs> um, no, I, I just think so. When Billy was a one-trick pony, but the best at doing that trick in the world, and you pick a back row that's mobile and can do the rest of the jobs, it it works. I just don't think he's as good at his trick as he used to be, um, and I, and I don't think he's developed the rest of his tricks very well. But yeah, I, I tend to agree with that assessment. So, uh, number two, Benjamin. Uh, X to zone, Sam Simmons. You put him higher than me. Um, obviously, we've talked a lot about what Sam Simmons' strengths and weaknesses are on the pod before. Um, he, he does a lot of things that other number eights don't do. Uh, and I think that's he certainly doesn't fit that traditional mould of a number eight. Um, but I mean, Christ, you got gas, uh, and he reads the game incredibly well. I just think, and it's too late to do it. And Russ suggested they do it for the Six Nations. Just think, if ten years ago somebody would have gone, do you fancy having a go at twelve? Mm. He would have been an amazing player. I don't, I don't understand. Well, I mean, there, there must be some element of personal. Um, personal desire to play number eight. But surely, surely some coach somewhere must have had that conversation with him. And maybe he just isn't a good enough reader of the game or defender in that position. Because I can't believe that he's gone all the way through the system extra without somebody saying, Do you know what, this bloke looks like a natural number 12. Yeah. Maybe his defensive positioning isn't good enough. Maybe his lateral speed isn't good enough. He's very. He's, there's no denying that he's fast in a straight line, but is he fast side to side? I'm not. You, it's not really something you see from a number eight, is it? Well, I suppose the thing is, he's he's Chiefs Academy, um, and then went on, out on loan to Plymouth and to Pirates. But that all would have been under kind of Chiefs um, care, 
So is it that nobody at the Chiefs has gone, we want you to play 12? If, it, if they've only ever gone through one coaching system and a coaching system that's been pretty stable um, for the last 10 years, is it that nobody's ever... ever yeah, I, I find it fascinating going? because Extra have had an absolutely mutant pack for the last decade. And he just yeah. doesn't fit the mould as a, a typical sort of extra forward, does he? No, no, but he, he gets away with it because there's seven other fucking units around him. Yeah, but to, to the point of maybe you should be playing 12, I, I, I'll, I'll say it again, I, I cannot believe that there hasn't been a conversation about that at some point. At some point, yeah. The only number eight, English number eight, to have won the uh, European Player of the Year award. Well, it's because it's normally won by tens. Sorry, I, I, I was just looking. I was trying to work out. I was just trying to see if it was easily available, just just who was in his uh, sort of youth level teams, because, you know, that would that would make a difference as to whether someone might just try him at 12. And I suppose coming through Exeter, so they've already got Henry Slade and, yeah. Null and players like that. And, and it's not like he's done a bad job at eight. He's you know led the try scoring in the premiership for a couple of years. So maybe his hands just aren't good enough. Yeah. And 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 I, I mentioned I mentioned this when Russ first brought it up. I was talking about it with my brother, and my brother said he he wouldn't want to play 12 because t- t- 12 is a very difficult position to defend in. And 13's even worse. Um, 10, 10, they could just come straight at you. But but the further out you get, the more sort of patterns are being run, and you've got to, you've got to stay in line with with the guys next to you. So so, as someone said a minute ago, is it perhaps it's the defensive side rather than the attacking side. And some people just want to play in the forwards as well. You know, Lunatics. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to say some sort of forbidden words now, but when Sam Burgess first played for Bath, you, you could yeah. see from five minutes in, he just wanted to be a forward and wanted to get in amongst yeah. it. And maybe, maybe that's just what Simmons is. Maybe that's what you, he wants to do. You need um, a lot more discipline to play 12 than you do to play eight. Yeah. As in per, personal positional discipline. But, I mean, that's why I said it had to be done 10 years ago. Like you couldn't yeah. do it now. It's too late. Um, mm. He needed probably a full season as a as a academy player at twelve to see if it was going to work. But what about seven? Could he have been a seven? Uh, he could. He could play. He could anyway. play six. He could play six or seven or eight. Um, yeah, he could. But I, I suppose if you. Uh, depending depending on what the rules of this um, this competition that we're going to award the number one to in a minute are, in that Exeter team, he would be the best number eight probably out of all of those that are there because it, it matches what they're playing. If you were to pick a Premiership 15 where everybody is the best player in their positions, he wouldn't be the best person to play in that side necessarily. Or I don't I don't think he would. Um, He's he's just very different from everybody else. But what he does, he does really well. It's a yeah. it's, it's a really interesting one. I don't. I suppose it's a bit like on the running side when um, Michael Johnson came along, and everyone was like, "You can't run like that." But he does, and it works for him. Simmons wouldn't fit any textbook for how a number eight should play, but it really works for him. I think he's got to be high up the list because of his his record and and the amount of trophies he's won. And I think while he will be away with England sometimes, as you say, he's a kind of acquired taste on how you're going to play. So he won't be gone all the time. Um, yeah, for me, I just think he's he's a great rugby player, and that that that's why. And I think although he's still been good this season. You know, Exeter's pack not being quite as dominant as normal probably has put him on the back foot a little bit more because yeah. he isn't going to smash you a hole when you're on the back foot. He's got to find somewhere to run through rather than just batter his way through it. So, um, so yeah, that is the one knock on him, I guess. 
Yeah, he he looks a shade of his play of of his ability when he's not playing with a dominant pack. Yeah, but uh, yeah, is that his fault or is that other people's faults? Don't know. So you're number one then. Um, it's clearly Tamana Harrison. <laughs> could, could it be anyone else um, with his mad hair? No, I've gone for Don Brandt. And yeah, so Don Brandt, I think, is a really interesting one. Not not for positioning at number one because I, I don't think anybody who watches any quality of ro- quantity of rugby would would doubt that he deserves to be up and around the top spots. But when he played for England. He didn't look, he didn't look right playing there. Like it was, it was shades of the quality of Dombrant. There would be a, an occasional thing that would happen. And yes, it's a massive step up from club to international rugby. Um, but he, yeah, he may he makes club rugby look easy, and he made international rugby look quite tricky. Mm, yeah. Um, what's what's the factor that he doesn't have at club level that he has at international level? A coach that's so pre-prescribed with what everybody does at certain times yeah. that he doesn't get the liberty to do what he does at club level. Yeah, yeah that's that's, right. a, that's a, an excellent point. He, he's probably if you if you worked your way down that list, if you took Falatau out of it and, may, and maybe Morgan, you'd probably say Don Brandt is the smartest player of them all. He picks really nice lines. He almost seems to work as a very good partnership with Smith and Care when they're playing at league level. He's probably, as Doug says, quite instinctive because he hasn't come through the normal route into the leagues either. Um, and I think he's also surprising, or not surprisingly, but um, underrated at the breakdown. He just seems to get a lot of turnovers. Uh, I just think he's a he's a he's almost a bit of a throwback, isn't he? Because he he doesn't he looks the part, but he's a bit sort of chunkier than some number eights might be. He, he uses his brain almost more than um, than his brawn sometimes, but he does have the physicality that when he does pick the right line, he he's through. And you know, a, another player with really nice hands. He looks a bit dyspraxic at times. Um... Not, not dissimilar well, to your brother, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe that the little bit of unpredictability that makes him mm. dangerous. You know, Visa is probably coming right down your throat. But yeah. with Don Brandt, you've got a little bit of doubt. Is he going to offload or is he going to step or is he going to pick a clever line where he's just picked pick the weak spot? Or is, is he going to is there some kind of dummy dummy play called? I think, yeah, you're right. There is just a bit of un- unorthodoxy and unpredictability that makes him almost more dangerous. But it just looks at times like not all four of his limbs are under control of the same brain. Yeah, I think especially when he breaks the line, which he does quite often, and then he's looking for someone because he isn't the quickest. Yeah. And, and you just wonder, what is he going to do? And every now and again, he does something a little bit crazy, but there's not many other number eights that make that many line breaks. And and fair enough, he's got the threat of Esterheisen plus two very, very, very good distributing halfbacks to, to help him out. But you can only play with your team, can't you? You can only play with what you're given. So, uh, yeah, for me, that's, that's why I've got him top. It'd be really interesting to see what he would be like if you stuck him in the top 14. Stuck him against a load of teams who are going to be holding him down in the rucks a bit more, l- losing a bit of that manoeuvrability, um, and whether he would look as as good. He's not as um, I don't want to take this too far as a comparison because he's not really the same kind of player. Because I think he's not as heavier a ball carrier, and he's probably a little bit more creative, but. There is a, a little bit of pick a mole every now and again, just perhaps in his posture as much as anything. But he's probably a similar size. I don't think he is quite as um, 
direct, but just see it every now and again. Or is that just me well, being yeah, mad? Yeah, well, I, I suppose the point is he's, he finds holes sometimes when you don't see where the hole is, and pickleballs used to be great at that. Like, he'd, he'd pick the ball up and he would see a gap that doesn't exist yet, but by the time he gets there, it's open. Um, but, yeah, no, it's... Uh, I, I don't think there'd be many people who watch a, a chunk of rugby who wouldn't have him in with a shout of top spot. So how does that compare with your top 12 then, Dougie? Um, well, I mean, pretty pretty similar at the top. I, I, I've i gone with it, but no one mentioned the player that I think has had the biggest impact on his club and may well be, you know, one, one of the, if if not, next name that gets mentioned in South Africa, then certainly he'll be around. And it's Jano Augustus at Saints. I think he's been immense this this season. He's um, given Saints a little bit of something that they haven't had probably since Pickamore, even though Pickamore, you know, wasn't, it, it didn't quite work out for Saints how we would have wanted it, but He's a really aggressive ball carrier. He's good at the breakdown. He scores tries. I mean, there's what else do you want from a number eight? Um, so he's on my list, but he's not as high as he might be in yours because I think he makes too many mistakes. I think okay. he uh, there's, there's times where he doesn't control the ball well enough in contact for me, and there's times when he potentially gives away a few too many penalties. Um, that's my subjective, but yeah, as far as go forward ball, he's great at that. He's, yeah, he, and you're right. Harrison at eight, which is what Saints have been putting up with for a couple of seasons, is playing a different game to what Augustus is at eight. I I had him as a fifty fifty with Augustus. They could have swapped positions. Uh, with sorry, himself. <laughs> yeah, sorry with Thomas too. Well, Harrison. No, Augustus. Augustus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I don't think they're even close to the same player, which is why Harrison has been given the Spanish Archer and Augustus. We can't sign him up quick enough. Um, is he on a long term deal? I think he's on a three or four year contract, but he's... he has the shortest Wikipedia profile for any current Premier. Well, that's because there's eight billion South African rugby players. It just says he's a South African rugby union player for Saints, playing at number yeah. eight. Formerly played for the Stormers. That's yeah. it. That is yeah. the sum total of his Wikipedia page. Um, yeah. Other than that, pretty similar. I've, I've gone uh, from the bottom, Falatau, because I just, you know, I think he's taken the piss for decades um Callum Chick I think is uh another player who's unlucky not to have had some some international honours I think he's a very very good premiership player um see I, I see him as a doing solid... well enough to keep Carl Ferns out of the side so yeah I see him as a solid club player and not much more um and that might be a little bit harsh but yeah I, d- I don't see him as a as a world beater and he hasn't made my top 12. Fair enough. Um, and then I went Bayless because I think he's got something that a lot of these other guys haven't got in attack. Then Tuasui, Dombrant, Simmons, Rudipola, Ackerman, Visa, Barbary, Augustus and Willis. So Augustus I had as the second. Because he's available every so, week. So Bayless, I think if we were to do this next year, I think you'd see Bayless a lot higher in all of our charts. Um, he's He's got a, a, an amazing step in about a 30 centimetre space. And, and wheels. And wheels. Um, I think his, his frame will mature a bit over the next year as well. And as long as he keeps that um, mobility, I think he'll be a lot higher. Um, so who, who were your top five slowly then, Doug? Uh, my top five were Vise, uh, Ackerman at Gloucester. Yeah. Um, Visa, Barbary, Augustus, and Willis. So, a fair amount of difference there between yours and Benton's, and I think yeah. they'll probably sit somewhere in the middle, um, to be honest. So, I had Tuasui and Morgan 
at 12 and 11. Liebenberg in at 10, because I do think he's 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 a decent player. He probably doesn't get the plaudits because he doesn't get the game time, not through availability, but through Visa um, as an eight. Uh, Vinopola at nine. Augustus at eight. Ackerman at seven. Barbary, then Willis. Visa, Simmons, Dombrandt and DDP at number one, which I'm willing to admit may well just be a, a fanciful idea on my behalf. Um, <laughs> but we all, we all have players who we really like. We really like watching, and this is the perfect opportunity for us to promote them higher than they deserve to be. Yeah. Phil, if um, there was talk of Mercer coming to Gloucester next year, so if Mercer came back, where do you think he fits in? Uh, so he's the challenge with Mercer was always about physicality. Um, there's no doubt that he's quick. There's no doubt that he can tackle and he's got great hands and he reads the game really well, but he just wasn't physical enough in some parts of, of contact. Now time in France will sort that out from fairly quickly and they love him over there, which says that his physicality is not a problem. Um, I think he's got, I think he's, got to be pushing towards that top five yeah so somewhere would, between five and six yeah He's, i would have had him in at four or five yeah um but I, I think it would be really good to see him back i can't the gloucester thing confuses me a little bit because say ben ben morgan's in the twilight of his career but i don't think he's got any plans to retire ackerman spent a lot of time playing at eight paledri can fill in at eight um, they've signed to a series as well. I can't see that they, not that they need Mercer, but it's almost like if they knew there was a chance for Mercer, why would they have signed to a series? You'd think with um, Bristol losing um, Hughes, you'd, you'd think perfect. Yeah, apart from the fact that he's come from Bath and Obviously, there's enough players around at the moment who don't really give a shit about the Bath-Bristol competition, but maybe, maybe he does. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Where does his playing style fit best? Which club would he fit best in to fill a hole? There's another interesting way of, of looking at it. Where Whose who's squad is he going to uh, improve the most if he was to go there? Um, I mean, obviously... There are teams there that I mean Irish without Tuasui, he would he would be fantastic there. And similarly, I think Newcastle he would he would fit in lovely. But I mean, I don't think he's going to come back to go to an Irish or a Newcastle. Um, Is he so, definitely yeah. coming back though? Are we sure? No, because it's a lot of cheddar in France. <laughs> You know there's, I mean? there's a lot. There's a lot of brie in France. His yeah. his Montpellier contract isn't the longest contract in the world. It says end of next season. So, so it might be a, it might be a matter of you know December next year we start to start start to see something. But I I I was under the impression it was the end of this season. But um, yeah, so. My, I mean, Bath would be Jones, Bath would be the Jones obvious one. Tomorrow, he might be back a bit quicker, mightn't he? With with Falatau going, Bath would be the obvious one for him to go to 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 play with. As you say, with Hughes but leaving Bristol, in, similarly, in only if he doesn't own a television. Yeah, um, yeah, or buy a newspaper, buy yeah. the Le Sport every now and then, and see what the scores are. Um, Bristol, but then similarly. They're hardly going to inspire you to go and join them <laughs> from the way they've played this season. I don't think Bristol could afford it either, could they? Without getting too um, in the weeds. I, I, I think I think, I think a lot of the Bristol options. guys are, are going to... Well, there's rumours that not there's a fire sale, but there's a lot of the, the expensive people might be leaving Bristol. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think Mercer's running out of options... Quinns is an understudy to Don Brandt. Well, he's not going to want that, is he? He's, no, he's not. He's coming back is because he thinks he can play for England. And if he thinks he can play for England, he needs to be going to the top a six club. side. I mean, the the um, one that I don't think has been mentioned that could actually be 
an option would be Saracens. I, I was just going to say that swapping for Billy. Billy could go to France yeah. and pack in and um, swap yeah. him over. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. Is is he? I suppose he could be a Saracen style player, couldn't he? He's got he's got a bit of um he's got a high work rate in him. Mm. Should we should we wrap this up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I, th- I think uh, an hour of number eight chat is enough for most people, even the Every- most hardened all over fans. Yeah. Um, Sorry, guys. No. Russ is back next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other business, Ben? Because Doug doesn't like it when people come to him first. That's because I usually haven't thought of one. Have you finished yeah. that Rubik's Cube yet, Doug? Yeah, mate. It's finished ages ago. Ben, any other business? Um, only only um, a TV recommendation. I watched the Netflix documentary about the, the Trashers ice hockey team. Has anyone seen that one? Thrashers? No, Trashers. So, so basically, uh, the guy that they based Tony Soprano on was a ref mafia sort of money laundering face for a um oh no i know what you mean i've seen this yeah yeah for a for a um refuse collection company and he bought his 17 year old son an ice hockey team so it was a bit like buying buying your son plymouth argyle and um they just basically picked any player that liked fighting and then they they call him the trashers and they're um, logo was a aggressive dustbin, and uh, it's quite an entertaining documentary. Were they any good? Yeah, they uh, they were really good because everyone was absolutely terrified of them. the The commissioner said, "We don't mind two or three fights in a game, but we but you lot are having eight or nine. <laughs> <laughs> Think of the children. Yeah, no, no kids are going to want to play ice hockey. With I that know, game, are they? Know. The, uh, the kids in the crowd looked like they were quite enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that children enjoying violence. I know. I, I blame video games. I blame Tom and Jerry. I blame um, the bloke William Web- Webb Ellis. Yeah, must be his yeah. fault. Yeah. Uh, any other business from you, Doug? Uh, I, another TV recommendation from me, really. If you haven't watched um, a show called Barry, I've, I recommended it every season so far um get on it it's on it's on sky it's uh about a hitman who wants to get out of being a hitman so turns to acting classes and um it's very funny it's got bill hader in it and the fonz is in it as well and it's very 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 worth a watch so please if you haven't um give it a go cool a um, couple of small bits from me. Uh, so I might have mentioned, I think I mentioned about a year ago, I forgot what one of them was there. That's what the pause was for. Um, might have mentioned about a year ago that we bought a shepherd's hut and it turned up and there was all kinds of problems with it. So finally got round to fixing most of them, plundered it and, and couldn't work out why the water heater didn't have any water flowing through it. So the Muppets that had put it together had taken one of the joins feeding into the water heater and um, tried to, because they hadn't used PTFE tape or whatever, had put a ring of silicon around the join, but had put so much silicon around it that when they tightened it up, the silicon had filled the entire hole through which water was trying to be pushed. So, yeah, just a, a repeat recommendation. Never buy anything from Garden Escapes. That's garden escapes. Phil, buying a shepherd's hut is not something that most of us will ever have to go through. Or a garden room or anything like that, yeah, or a no. bench, or they're all shit. <laughs> um, and the second thing is, I, I played me. my first world problems. I know, exactly. <laughs> I played my uh, first round of golf since I had a disc taken out of my neck three years ago uh, on Friday. Um, played the Kurnow course at St. Melian. So I was pretty nervous about playing a decent course having never played a round under a ton before um, and not played for three years during which time I'd had fairly major surgery and uh, shot a 96 and I've never hit a ball as straight as I did all day on Friday. It was, it was unbelievable off the first tee. I was like, 
everyone's taking their drivers and hitting them way left and right. And I was like, it's a 340 yard par four. Took my three iron, 240 yards straight down the middle. Didn't waver <laughs> at all. So yeah. <laughs> That's how far pl- I hit my driver. I'm going to play a bit more golf. It's, it's quite easy. Well, maybe you can organise a game of golf for the next uh, Mall Over Invitational because we can't rely on that fat prick, can we? No, true, true. Um, yeah, I'm sure I can sort out a round of golf. Or a li- really well, we'll, we'll have a little. I'm in. We'll have a little society thing. Ben, I'm sure you're you're up for more than a pitch and putt. Maybe you can carry my bag. It's fine. I'm not very good at golf. You can carry my bag, yeah, and I it'll bet. get. Lo- and it'll get lighter as we go around. The, <laughs> the, the other thing was we all um, we booked a load of buggies and Perry had bought a bottle of port that he'd put in his buggy for the way around. I thought you were going to um, say he pulled the hamstring getting in. Well, I was <laughs> yeah, just literally on the tip of my tongue about the hamstring. And uh, they they went off as a four ball and we were playing as a three ball behind them. And just as his cart pulled off, one of the chaps in our three ball grabbed the bottle of port out the back of their buggy. Um, and they realised when they got to about the seventh hole that the bottle of port was missing, <laughs> by which time we'd finished it. <laughs> so thanks for the port, Perry. Excellent but, work. Cool. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, anybody who's got to the end, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, let us know your top three number eights in the Premiership, um, particularly if, Dunk, there's any players that don't play for Leicester in there. Um, yeah, and you, James. Yeah, James, not three Saracens players. Um, so, yeah. Oh, let's we, must say, we must say as well, we are talking about male number eights. Sorry. I couldn't care less about the other one. We're talking about male number eights playing the 15-a-side game in senior rugby in the Premiership. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next week, maybe. Um Hopefully the flat the fat twat will be back to uh, look after it because <laughs> this doesn't come naturally to me. And we'll see you all later. Go well. Yeah, you nearly forgot that. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.